If it's safe to do so, close your eyes and imagine what it would be like to walk through a crowded city during rush hour with your eyes closed. If you are blind or visually impaired, you are probably well acquainted with that day-to-day -day, uh, challenge of navigating our urban centers. But for many of us, the disparity of accessibility in cities goes unseen. 285 million visually impaired people worldwide must traverse an urban area every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Preview of Tomorrow. I am your host, Mike Lake, and in this preview, I will be talking with Rene Espinoza, whose company, Lazario, has developed a solution to help the blind and visually impaired navigate and access the world's cities, a privilege many of us take for granted. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Renee. Thank you so much for joining us. And once again, welcome to all of you, our listeners. I'd like you to introduce you to Renee Espinoza. He is the founder and CEO of Lazario, a company from Santiago, Chile, that has created an intelligent application for the blind and visually impaired to help them navigate urban environments, something we all take for granted on too often an occasion. Now, Renee, let's just start by understanding how is it that, that you got involved in this uh, topic, this challenge for so many people? Uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you for this invitation. Uh, well, I started working on health and well-being actually when I was really young, at the age of 13 years old. Mm -hmm. I decided to, to dedicate my life on this. I didn't want to be a doctor, but I wanted to, to create tools. So I then decided to study engineering. And then when I was studying electrical engineering, I also worked with a medical institution. And that got me connected to working with physicians neurologists and also um, people with reduced mobility, also in some cases with a disability, with a visual disability also. And that led me into to check like user problems uh, in, in ways like uh, and how people could, uh, for example, someone with a visual disability, how they, having, they were having so issues on navigation or going to places. And then that one thing led to another was my thesis project as a prototype. And then I decided to make it a startup. That's how a little bit this story was. Well, well, that's terrific. I mean, as I said, so many of us take for granted our ability to to navigate a city, to to see our way through, to uh, to cross the street without issue. You know, um, clearly that's not the case for for all of us. In fact, as I understand it, there's almost 300 million people worldwide that that suffers from some form of visual impairment. Um, making it more difficult, uh, to say the least. So tell me, how, what is that experience like for an individual uh, that has a, a visual impairment? Uh, how do they navigate? What are the dangers? What, explain to us exactly what that experience is like. Sure. Um, so 
I can start with the story of a friend that I met. Uh, so his name is Rodrigo. I met him when he was 32 years old. Um, he actually uh, turned blind at 30 due to a virus. Imagine that. Like, um, and then he had a career, and then he started again, in a way. Um, and one of the things he mentioned to me really early on is like, in order for him to go to his doctor's appointment, uh, either go with uh, his cousin, or he needed to actually do it by himself and took him two hours just to reach the doctor's appointment. Um, and so that was like a huge uh, waste because when he needed to wait for uh, his cousin and, and that took him like 25 minutes to reach the destination. Uh, of course, you can pay a taxi, but uh, let's say that not, not all people have the money to pay taxis or Uber every day uh, or every week. Um, so it was a waste of time for him and also uh, it reduced his possibilities, right? Uh, and so mm -hmm. I think that um, what we're doing is not only as a navigation tool, but also as a way to increase possibilities for, for this community. Uh, and so that one was one of the issues that um, our community has and we're solving it. So, I mean, I described and now you've described the challenge of navigating the city kind of from getting point A to point B. But it, it occurs to me that it's not just about navigating our sidewalks and our streets. It, it's also when you get to that destination, um, there's challenges still. Um, what 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 does somebody how do how do they navigate internally whether it's a museum or a restaurant or whatnot sure so currently um so without our solution um they could if they don't have a guide dog or they're using just a cane um, and they don't know the place by memory uh they probably need to shout out for help like please come somebody help me some places tap someone at the door some places don't especially now due to social distancing, um, things are more electronically and if you are not able to see them, like it's difficult to find them. Uh, but this is an issue that <clears throat> it, it can relate to anyone when you go to a new place, a huge place and you're lost and you lose time finding your way around. Could be from a doctor's appointment, but also in an airport or any location. And at the end is something, how we can connect information with citizens uh, in a more smarter way, because the information is out there, it exists, but it's not being connected in a in a way that the user can easily use. And so, I think that's other other important issue that we're solving. And I'll say what what I'm hearing and and trying to put myself into somebody else's shoes here is that if you're not familiar with a place, it's an uncomfortable experience. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder how many folks who would like to travel somewhere or might even need to travel somewhere choose not to do it because of that discomfort, because of that challenge um, that's that, like I said, all of us take for granted. Yeah, um, I think there's a huge population, especially uh, not only the, the person, but also the relatives. That mm. in a way, this not is not only meant for like going to an appointment, but also have fun, right? Um, sure. So tourism, of course. Now we are all back home, uh, and I think we are 
there's a lot of people that, and I myself want to go out much more than <laughs> like I, a little bit sick of being home. But uh, yeah, like the, the option here is to how we can uh, provide like all opportunities uh, to as much citizens as we can uh, in a simple and smart way so that these citizens can develop more and actively participate in society. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Lazarillo um, and, and just how uh, this does uh, solve such an important challenge, such a basic need as being able to navigate a, a community safely and and comfortably. Uh, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the ability of a, uh, a CNI dog or uh, a... Um, uh, that that th those types of aids and, and support systems. I I know for such training, I, I mean it's a, a massive expense, almost fifty thousand dollars. By time uh, a dog is is prepared to to serve in that capacity, that's not that's not an option for a lot of people. So this is where Lazarillo comes in, right? Tell us uh, how how does the this solution work, and and what is that experience like for the user? Yeah, well, you're right that uh, having a CNI dog is not an easy task. Um, in a way, we are re a really good complement, and also um, let's say that um, we believe that um, as a tool, we need to complement everyone from the one, from the person that has already a CNI dog. And also from the person that doesn't have it, because we do things in a way differently. Uh, what it does, Lazarillo, is that it provides information to the end user that uh, he might not be known before. Like he will not know if there is a new place, how things are, uh, is the layout, right? Or if they are, I don't know, in a new city, what are the things to do here, right? So what we do is that we create a mobile app that in a way works everywhere. We have users in 45 countries. And what it does, it does provides a lot of tools that help the user navigate. And so in the same story of Rodrigo, uh, when he first started using the app, he reduced his time from two hours to 30 minutes. So it was not 25, but 30 minutes. Uh, so that is like three hours. You some going and going back to your home, three hours more than he has. And then with this tool, he was also be able to uh, encourage more things like uh, as where it's a navigation platform that allows them to go anywhere. He also felt more independent. Uh, he was more independent. And then he created more opportunities for him. He actually now teach other people how to use assistive technology, and he's working right now. So what we have discovered, especially now during COVID, that is that our solution that is first for start as a navigation to social community, where we what we do is that we connect companies to with this community. We connect the hospital, we connect the city, we mm -hmm. connect the retail, the retail company, so that they can reach this community in an accessible way because uh, the, having a disability, like a visual disability, you don't have a barrier if everything is digitally accessible. You have the barrier when th that is not digitally accessible. So we're trying to reduce that barrier and help companies connect with this community through this app um, and then create new opportunities. So we have companies that sell products within the app. They provide job opportunities. And that changes from country to country because what it does is like it's more smart. So depending on your locality, you can receive those information more accurately. Um, so yeah, that's what we do. And I think we have a long way to go. 
from here. So in, in the end, it's the, the user is downloading an app. It's, is it, it's free to the user? Yeah, definitely totally free. Um, it's both on Android and iOS. And so, and also, and what we do is that we work with different institutions and then we ha they have subscription plans so they can join the community. So we have plans that allows a startup to join the community. So as a, a huge corporation that is a bank, for example, that we have already worked with that can join too. Um, yeah, that's how we sustain and grow this model. And there's obviously a lot of talk right now about diversity inclusion. Um, and and this is this is such a an easy way for for a, an organization to increase its diversity and inclusion and, and to support the community um, in a better way uh, or in a more inclusive way um, by providing access, which actually benefits the company as well. Yeah, in a way, it's funny that uh, just providing access to buy your services and all that, it can be actually seen as a social impact solution um, yeah. because it, you create more opportunities. Uh, people, we especially now during COVID, uh, website accessibility is key, and many websites are not accessible. Uh, one of the things where, of course, we're encouraging people to, make, to improve their websites, but what we are also doing is that, why don't you connect also your services through the app and do something right now, right? Um, and help this community don't need to go out, but actually buy from through the app in a format that is better for them. Mm. Well, I tell you, at Leading Cities, we look at smart city solutions in a broad sense, but we always maintain the fact that it has to be human-centric. I can't think of a, a more human-centric solution uh, than just allowing somebody to easily navigate their community. But it also occurs to me that uh, the amount of information and data that you have um, to 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 provide this service is is valuable in other ways. Uh, do you find that there's an opportunity for that information to be shared to create an even smarter city? Yeah, definitely. And we are exploring some of those use cases right now. For example, as people use this um, app, we in a way also are creating more information about how people move through a city. And with that information, for example, for, for smart mobility solutions that sometimes, for example, e-scooters, uh, there's a huge issue that sometimes people with disabilities are, they, they find a badly parked e-scooter because someone just left it there and they are blocked, right? So, um, I mean, that's not so smart, right? Those mm -hmm. things can happen if you set the parking spot without clear information because companies don't want that to happen, but they don't sometimes have the data. So as we have this information on how people move, we can also provide heat map, for example, where smart mobility solutions can have a smarter way to decide where to decide where people can park. And also get like a connection with this community, how, how they're impacting them or if there's no issue. Hopefully there's no issue, right? Um, right. And so that's one, one option, but we see a lot of ways. So how you decide where to improve the accessibility of your city. You have a lot of um, street crossings, right? It's a huge amount, hopefully everywhere. But if you don't have sure. the budget, like you need to decide. So where you can do a better impact. I think there's a lot of possibilities of uh, using the data in a smart and also keeping privacy. Of course, that is one of the huge important for us. But actually have 
aggregate data that helps you make decisions as a city. Well, this is fantastic. Now, I'm going to ask you, I ask all of our guests on Preview of Tomorrow, thinking 10, 20, 30, 50 years out from now, Lazario is is pervasive. It's everywhere. Anybody who needs it is, is using it. What what is that user experience? What is that impact on on the on the world uh, because of yeah. Lazario? So, our end goal is this. So, what we believe is that if we can help someone improve their independence, they can then and then we can connect them to opportunities. They can take action to increase their wealth and well-being. If you are, if you increase wealth and well-being of people all over the world, you increase, you you improve wealth and well-being of the whole world because they also impact their their families, their friends. Um, and currently, these barriers that doesn't allow independence, and that's why the the usability of Lazarillo is really uh, wide open in which that you can use it to go to parties, to go to work, because independence allows you to develop as a human being. If you mm. depend on somebody else, I mean, you always depend on somebody else and that person can get tired. I mean, you need to control your life and that's what we believe. And if we do that, and the future I see is that um, in a way we will be creating new jobs, new opportunities that never happened before. Companies will be benefit too because they now have people in their workforce that can improve more access to more communities so that we can create a cycle that improves wealth and well-being all over. Uh, that's what I want. Uh, and the user experience, I think, will be um, transversal in many areas, from going to to buy to something, to go out to tourism, um, yeah, to, to search for a new job. All of those things we're trying to connect right now, and, and we're doing it, and we have seen a lot of improvements of people's lives. Um, and improve of their wealth. Well, listen, I, I want to thank you not only for joining us here today on, on Preview of Tomorrow, but for all of the work, uh, compassion and commitment, dedication you have, have for this issue and, and for the community at large and its incredible impact and, and providing greater access um, for those who, who need it and deserve it. Um, you know, I have a friend who once said that uh, it's great that rising tides lift all boats so long as you're in a boat. Uh, so I want to thank you for making sure that those amongst us who have visual impairments uh, are having a way to get in the boat and, and rise with this smart city tide. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to your continued success. But let me ask you one last question. If people want to learn more or download Lazarito or, or connect with you, how do they do so? Yeah, sure. So they can uh, go in Google Play or App Store and search Lazarillo app or our um, website is lazarillo.app and my email is rene at lazarillo.app. So please feel free to email us or go into our website. We have more much information on how business, businesses can connect and also for users to download the app and know about the functionality. Wonderful, Rene. Thank you so much. Very best of luck to you. We, we're so grateful for your uh, participation and joining us today. Thank you so much, Michael. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. 
I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.